Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 503. This is the weekly podcast about slow flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free online directory to more than 875 florists, shops, and studios who design with local seasonal and sustainable flowers and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor for 2021, Farm Girl Flowers. Farm Girl Flowers delivers iconic burlap wrap bouquets and lush, abundant arrangements to customers across the U.S., supporting more than 20 U.S. flower farms by purchasing more than $9 million of U.S.-grown fresh and seasonal flowers and foliage annually and by providing competitive salaries and benefits to 240 team members based in Watsonville, California, and Miami, Florida. Discover more at farmgirlflowers.com. For each podcast episode this year, we thank three of our major sponsors. Our first sponsor thanks goes to Longfield Gardens, which provides home gardeners with high-quality flower bulbs and perennials. Their online store offers plants for every region and every season, from tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladiums, and amaryllis. Check out the full catalog at longfield-gardens.com. Today we have two guests who will bring us up to speed on some exciting floral news happening in and around the Bay Area. As many listeners may recall, there was considerable disruption in the floral marketplace last year with COVID, and yet so many flower farmers and florists prevailed, pivoted, and innovated as they figured out how to get local, seasonal, and sustainably grown blooms into the hands of consumers. Now, with 2021, the pressure comes not from a pandemic, but from a vulnerable global supply chain. And here's where my first guest enters. Please meet Hannah Brannan, a software engineer and founder of Gather Flora, a web platform that connects farmers and florists to facilitate convenient and improved local flower sales. Hannah's love of flowers traces back to a childhood when she played barefoot in her grandmother's magical garden in Texas. In 2014, Hannah moved to California, home to 80% of U.S. floral production, where she rekindled her childhood enchantment of flowers. Hannah has spent the past several growing seasons embedded in Northern California's floral community. Last year, she ran the sales platform for the Sonoma Flower Mart, which had eight farms and 44 weekly active users, and she volunteered on the board of the Sacramento Valley Flower Collective, all while beta-testing gatherflora.com. As Hannah recently wrote, the most inspiring locally grown flowers that make it to flower shops today are produced by small and medium-sized, mission-driven, dedicated growers and brought to us by widely dedicated local florists. Yeah, that sounds like the slow flowers community, right? However, the time, energy, and multiple rounds of back-and-forth communication aren't always feasible for busy, hardworking florists. And Hannah learned that the sentiment of being overstretched resounded from farmers and florists alike who she spoke with. And it was clear to her that there was a need to apply technology in a thoughtful way to alleviate those challenges. And ultimately, she found she could best serve the community by merging flowers and software, and the result is Gather Flora. You'll hear about Hannah's path to flowers from software coding and engineering to volunteering in a flower shop and on a flower farm. It all comes together in her newest chapter, running the Gather Flora flower stall at the San Francisco Flower Mart. To finance the flower stall launch, Gather Flora created a Kickstarter campaign to raise $13,500 needed funds. As of the date I recorded this intro, the campaign had met and exceeded that goal, reaching 15588 and counting. You'll hear Hannah discuss more in our episode. Please join me in wishing this young collective endeavor a huge success. I think the main insight here 
is that while buying flowers online is very convenient, there are still times when florists want to use their senses and shop in person to touch, see, smell, and experience an actual flower. Now Gather Flora has a hybrid way to connect farms and florists in the Bay Area with their new flower stall. When Hannah and I began planning this episode, I suggested we bring in a second guest, a Slow Flowers member who uses the Gather Flora platform. And I'm delighted to introduce you to Elise Schulteis of The Flower Wagon. We recorded this episode on Earth Day, April 22nd, which was also the date Elise debuted her new sustainably-minded business in the Bay Area. How fun is that? Elise's business emerged from her love of flowers and her entrepreneurial spirit formed while also completing an MBA with a focus on sustainability and social impact. The Flower Wagon, also named Flora, is a 1963 Volkswagen single cab fueled by flower power. After several months of tuning her up and converting her into a flower shop on wheels, Flora is now filled with fresh blooms and is on a mission to celebrate the San Francisco Bay Area's sustainable, locally grown flowers and the people who grow them. Let's jump right in and get started. And you can find photos of Hannah and Gather Flora and Elise and the Flower Wagon, along with links to other social places in today's show notes for episode 503 at deborahprinzing.com. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, and I'm so excited today to bring some news from the San Francisco Bay Area to you with two guests. I first want to introduce Hannah Brannan of Gather Flora. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Deborah. It's great to be here. Yeah, this is great. We've been talking about doing this for a while. And a special, Ooh, yeah. Yeah, and a special bonus guest, Elise Schulteis from The Flower Wagon, also in the Bay Area, a Slow Flowers member. Hi, Elise. Hi, Deborah. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So excited to join. Yeah, it's great. We're going to hear a little bit about Elise's business, and um, but I'm going to let Hannah tee this up because um, we were just talking before we turned on the uh, audio recorder that Gather Flora has a lot of facets, and it's not like, uh, I'm not going to describe it correctly, so I'm going to ask Hannah to <laughs> give us a snapshot of Gather Flora. Yeah, thanks, Deborah. <laughs> I've actually been trying to talk to people all throughout the course of the winter from a ton of different walks of life about what Gather Floor is doing. <laughs> and um, we're working on cohering that communication because you're right, we're up to so much. But um, really, the core vision for Gather Flora is that we are working to connect full regions of locally grown flower availability so that florists, no matter where you are, you can easily access and conveniently purchase the best possible selection of incredible local flowers. So our core offering is an online marketplace that's specifically geared towards getting flowers from farms to florists, but we understand that it's a very complex and changing industry, especially right now. Um, so we can dive into details later about the ways that we play out in those different roles. Right, right. I know. And there's just, um, it, it's not so simple as like moving one widget down a conveyor belt. That's what people don't understand about diversification in the floral industry. Um, you're not just growing carrots or radishes, you're growing hundreds of varieties generally if you're in the you know in the design community trying to serve florists right right it's actually an incredibly complicated software challenge to try to think about um, how to describe or do things efficiently and then as as we've talked about before it's it's not something that can just be solved by software alone you physically need to be able to get these flowers and um you know, one of the things that's so special is is the community, which mm-hmm. I'm going to try not to like just toot your horn too much because I'm sure you get a lot of that. But, you know, like you and your listeners are creating such a vibrant and connected community. And it's one of the things that drew me to this industry. And um, one of the things to be careful with software is that it can sometimes remove those personal connections. So um, we're being very intentional about being very connected with the community and making features that connect with these things. So there's a lot of complicated pieces, but we're working to make the ways that florists and farms interact with those endpoints as simple as possible. Yeah, you've brought up a lot of points. Um, 
uh, I think the reference to community makes me want to bring Elise in because, um, base, and Hannah, we're going to come back to your whole story of, of melding technology with flowers. But um, uh, Elise, you have a new business and you are you needed to find flowers. So first of all, describe the flower wagon. It's a really cute business and um, we'll have photos for people to see what you're up to, but uh, give us a snapshot of the flower wagon. Yep. So the flower wagon is a mobile flower truck. It's a 1963 Volkswagen pickup that's been built out with a bouquet bar where customers can come up and create their own arrangement. Um, and we're a little red truck with a big mission. We're committed to sourcing our flowers from San Francisco Bay Area farms that prioritize regenerative and organic farming practices that restore rather than deplete our planet. And today is actually a pretty big milestone for us. It's our first day that we're in business on Earth Day. Oh, my gosh. Um, oh, and you said yes to joining the podcast. That's awesome. Yes. I snuck away from the truck to take a few minutes to chat. I've left my husband um, and some lovely family members to manage the truck while I'm here. Um, so hopefully it's still there when I get back. <laughs> no, you showed me a peek of it. It looks like it's still there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it hasn't driven off. <laughs> So you started um, you started the business um, inspired by your your MBA program, right? Yes, yeah, and and if you look at kind of the arc of my career in education, um, people and planet have has always been at the center. Um, I grew up with park ranger parents, so spent a lot of time outdoors. I studied conservation as an undergrad. Um, I'm currently pursuing my MBA in sustainable business, um, and I was working. Um, for the past couple of years for an organic food company, which is where I learned a lot of, about the power of regenerative and organic agriculture as a climate solution. Um, and I was also exposed to the slow flowers movement where I learned that, you know, majority, something like 80% of our flowers are imported. Um, I read your book, Deborah, which has had a huge impact. Um, and so over the last year, the pieces fell into place to start my business. And I knew that I wanted um, locally grown flowers to be at the heart of it. Great. So how did you stumble across uh, Hannah and Gather Flora? Because it sounds like, I mean, a lot of people, this is where they get stuck is they have a desire mm -hmm. to support local agriculture, but they don't know how to uh, identify who, who those farms are that they can buy direct from rather than say yeah. going through a wholesaler. Right, right. So um, I looked at many different ways to source flowers. Um, I looked at growing them myself, but realized that that was biting off way too much in the beginning. Um, and then I found some, some great local farms that I could source directly from. Um, but with a business of my size, sometimes I didn't meet their minimum orders. Mm. And so I was looking for a place where I could consistently get local um, organic flowers to complement my other sources. Um, and so Hannah and I were connected through friends of friends in the local flower farming community. Um, and we realized that we're on parallel paths, you know, starting our businesses at around the same time. Um, and, and Gather Flora is the only source um, that I've found that is aggregating local Bay Area flowers from a number of different farms. Um, and so for a seller like me, it's a huge resource for my business. Wow. Um, and Hannah is delightful to work with. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, Hannah's comment about um, kind of like the human side of technology is definitely something I, I am watching just seeing the two of you on the screen. Like it's fine to do everything online, but at some point you still have to build relationships and uh, ha someone has to hand a bucket of flowers from one hand to the other set of hands. So it is, um, it's, it's, it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, and you mentioned aggregating, and I think that's a really interesting uh, term, especially when you also mentioned minimums. So I, I hadn't thought about that. Like you want to have multiple types of flowers. So if you went to six different farms and they all had a $100 minimum, say, per week, you might not be able to do that. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Um, and actually for today, for opening day, um, I, I sourced from one of my farms directly, but then I still had a bunch of gaps. And so that's where Gather Flora came in to help me fill those gaps. And mm -hmm. I was able to get um, amazing flowers from a number of different farms that, you know, I obviously wouldn't have met those minimums, but yeah. was able to, to get, get those flowers through Gather Flora. Well, I hope you'll share some pictures of opening day and how cool that we're recording this on Earth Day. Uh, this will air next week. But um, just curious, uh, and then I'm going to ask Hannah to talk about the process, but um, what are you selling, Elise? Are you selling single stems because you mentioned the flower bar, or are you doing a combination of things? 
Yep. So we offer um, single stems, all everything priced by the stem. And then we also have a few grab-and-go bouquets that have been arranged by me. Mm-hmm. And where are you going to park your, your flower wagon? <laughs> so um, we are partnering with local coffee shops. So we're partnering um, here with Equator Coffees. Um, so we'll be partnering with them. They have a couple locations around the Bay Area. Um, and we're also popping up at some local craft markets, maker markets like Sunset Mercantile um, in San Francisco. And um, we're also looking at privating, piloting some private events this season, too. Yeah, I can imagine that'll be really popular, especially as people emerge for small gatherings, emerge from COVID yes. for small gatherings. So when you wanted to order from the from Gather Flora and did you go on to the website and like how does that all the mechanics of all that work maybe you can both talk about that Yeah so um <laughs> so I went on to the website and um I, it was it was pretty simple to use there were um the different flowers from the different farms and with the pricing and so I just selected um the order the quantity that I wanted and placed order and then um, confirmed where I was going to pick them up. And so I actually, I think, and I was one of the, fir- the first person to pick them up yesterday. Um, she was, yep. So you That's- got the, so Hannah, you got the order through the, through that platform. And then how does, how does it, I mean, there's still a lot to be done before flowers get into Elisa's hands, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of steps for sure. Um, right. So the like I'm saying all the all the under the covers stuff right are very complicated but our goal is to make things as simple as possible for Elise when she's shopping because all of those incredible businesses are doing so much work on on their end of getting the flowers to consumers and they're so busy um, that we know that a lot of them want something very simple and convenient and familiar to use Um, so Elise places the order (laughs) and then um the order comes into the gather floor system. Actually, she um, paid mm-hmm. as well as placed the order mm-hmm. up front. So then the order comes in and the payment comes in to gather flora. Um, we automatically send out those sub orders to different farms. Right. And the farms themselves get an aggregation at the end of the ordering period of all of the orders from throughout the ordering period. So that <laughs> sends a, a pick list, like a harvest list to them, as well as a pack list of, of how to pack flowers into different orders. Um, so this automated system stops there and then it starts getting physical so the farms then um, bring their flowers to whatever location um, that they've offered that Elise has confirmed and so that can look a number of different ways and we try to partner with existing flower ecosystems uh, as much as possible so last season in 2020 we started working in the wine country and there were some delivery options with the Sonoma Flower Mart as well as the Sonoma Flower Mart facilitated hub at a local farm um, called Bees and Blooms uh, where florists could come and get flowers from a cooler uh, this season where we actually physically met for the first time. This pandemic has made things a little strange. Right. Elise and I chatted just like this on a screen. You have to get creative, right? <laughs> I yes. felt like I knew her already. And then when she came to the market, I realized like, oh, we haven't met. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Same. Uh, so the farms um, come and drop off their flowers to the marketplace. And um, we had our brought on our first helper for the marketplace, Carlos, who is incredible, um, to be able to help receive those flowers, sort the orders physically, and um, make sure that they're ready to go for customers when they come to pick them up. Wow. And is that where is that in the Bay Area? Or is it changed from week to week? Yeah, um, so that that hub is going to be consistent. We're super proud to be offering it. It's in the San Francisco Flower Mart in San Francisco. Um, it really is an incredible opportunity. I haven't heard of very many offers uh, for new businesses or local flowers to be able to come into that stand. And so when we first heard that it was a possibility, we hustled our butts off <laughs> to try to get it to happen. Good. Well, we're, and, and we're, we're going to talk more about that in part two of this interview. Um, there's a lot of pieces there, and um, I'm so impressed. You said something that <clears throat> I hadn't thought about is Elisa's order comes in. 
but orders from multiple floors come in. And so your system can like slice and dice it so that the farmer's only getting one pick list and then, you know, they're just harvesting once and then you're telling them, you know, these six florists all want different things, you know, how to sort it. That's kind of the simplification of what you just said, right? Yes, that's wow. correct. <laughs> okay. Do, is this saving you a lot of time, Elise? Yes, it absolutely is. Because if I source directly from different farms, you know, there's their own ordering system, their own ordering days. It's just, it it definitely simplifies things. And mm-hmm. there's so much variety as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really cool to be able to support a number of different farms. So um, I'm, we're so excited that Gather Flora is, yeah. <laughs> is here. Yeah. And it sounds like it's so much part of your marketing and your brand story that you're you're one of the florists who tells customers, oh, who grew this flower or who grew this foliage? And, and you want them to know that information. Definitely. Yeah. I think um, myself included, but I think there's this growing consumer awareness um, and demand for transparency of where things come from. And um, to be honest, before I, you know, I learned about slow flowers, I was definitely a flower customer, but I had no idea. And I feel like once you learn, you know, those, those things about the flower industry, it's very hard to unlearn them. Um, And so I'm just so excited about the Slow Flowers Movement to support the Slow Flowers Movement and spread awareness um, through my business. Yeah. And then all your loved ones are afraid to give you flowers because they know you're going to like analyze what the origin of them. At least that's what happens in my household. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Even my mother, my mother went to the grocery store the other day and she called me. She's like, I asked them to show me the local flowers. and I was so proud of her. Oh my gosh. That's- that's great. But, you know, I feel like there won't be, you know, change unless there's that sort of educational piece too. And so, um, I just, that's what I'm hoping to do with, with my business is to, um, spread that awareness yeah. and, and that message. Yeah. And you're doing it in a beautiful design sort of, um, lifestyle way that engages people. So why wouldn't they want to be part of this? Right. Exactly. And it's fun and it's such a beautiful product too, you know, so. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm so happy for you and I'm happy to meet. I know you've got to run back to your bus. Um, so we're going to let, say goodbye and let you um, <laughs> go sell some flowers, right? Yes. Happy. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Oh, thanks for joining us and happy Earth Day and, and good luck. I know I'll, I'll be in the Bay Area in June, so maybe I'll get to meet you. Maybe you'll come to the summit. I know Hannah's coming. So. Yes, I yes, I'm I'm going to buy my tickets this weekend. Yay. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. All right, Elise, we'll see we'll we'll let people know how to follow you and um, you know, follow along on your journey and support you uh in the Bay Area. So congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank oh, you, you and happy Earth Day. <laughs> Thanks. This was a bonus. Thank you so much, uh, Hannah, for bringing Elise in. Um so okay, Hannah, you've alluded to the big news of the San Francisco flower market, but I do have sort of step back and just let people hang on to that, that anticipation, because I want you to describe your path to, to flowers, because we've talked before we've met in person, you came to the summit in the twin cities and we met weirdly at the Philadelphia flower and garden show. What, two years ago? (laughs) Um, (laughs) The two West coast girls were in Philly. Um, But can you just, Describe a little bit of your path from, because I know you have a technology background, right? As a uh, a coder, yes. I guess, right? I'm not even using yes. the right terms, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, no, they're all uh, different worlds. Yeah, I think I have maybe about nine past lives. Um, <laughs> I believe <and> you. <laughs> You're an entrepreneur. Coding is, coding is one of them. Um, and I love, I love it. Um, yeah, to kind of frame it in in flowers I think um look my my grandmother uh we call her Mimi her name is Miss Becky Jenkins she has uh one of those yards in this small town it's getting larger now but um in San Marcos Texas which uh everybody in the town would know exactly where it was because it's such an incredible garden she's got like willows she's got irises she's got pansy like it's just overflowing with flowers and the biggest plumbago plant that I've ever seen and running around in that yard um barefoot for me was just maybe the most magical part of my childhood and I I have so much fondness for it um Mm. 
And for me, I've always loved flowers in that way, but I never understood um, floristry like that. Right. <laughs> it's, it's a different I, world completely. Yeah. 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 Well, but I think that local flowers is making it, it more connected. So once I moved to the California Bay Area, I got a lot more exposed to these sorts of things. And actually, I mean, I feel like everybody has a story, but like then I heard about Florette. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Florette has the story about sweet peas in her own family history. And that resonated so hard. So um, first, I planted out my backyard with the Florette seed catalog. And um, at that time, I was a software engineer in the San Francisco tech scene. And I would spend the beginning and the end of my days working in this garden. I just realized this is actually where I want to be. (laughs) How how long ago um, was that, Hannah? A couple years ago? That would have been about 2017. Mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, just it's the place that brought me joy and it resonated with those joyful feelings in my grandmother's garden. And I just started daydreaming about flowers all the time. <laughs> and I started thinking about quitting software engineering to become a flower farmer is the first kind of iteration that that took in my head. But um I have also in another past life been a specialty coffee barista and I was very aware of the fact that people think that that's a really romantic cool job but it's actually an incredibly difficult (laughs) hard job to have and all the details are not as romantic as they seem so I was a little worried (laughs) that I was doing exactly that with flowers I mean I knew I like weeding but I know that there's more to it than just weeding that makes this difficult yeah it's So, so physical it's so physical um in california in particular if you're doing it as a small farm right you're you're up against uh, very high rents um labor laws that are really incredible at protecting people but also make it difficult as a small business to understand how you're going to source that labor all of this is just to say like there's a lot of costs right and there's right. a lot of competition for moving flowers because there is an abundance in a long season in this area so um it can be very difficult. So yeah, with, with, with that, like, Oh, am I over romanticizing this in mind? And then also I have been thinking as a software engineer for a long time. And one of the ideas in software is please don't build a product that nobody wants. <laughs> it's so easy to have these ideas in our head and to think that they're a great idea, but to have, um, people pay for it is very different. Um, when you pitch an idea, people tend to try to be nice and supportive, but saying yes is different than acting out a yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next phase for me was really, oh, I'm going to take a flower internship and I'm going to start working with as many flower people as I can and, and get to know the industry and um, understand whether there is a role for me here. And so, right, yeah, I was trying to be a flower farm, <laughs> but I quickly talked to some incredible flower farmers through the North Bay Flower Collective who really laid out how difficult it is to be building a thriving flower business and um, have their own many creative ways of actually achieving value to sustain their businesses. Um, but throughout all of these conversations of, oh, it's really difficult to connect to florists. Oh, it's really hard to relay communications back and forth when I'm out in the field. Um, Finding new customers is hard. Setting expectations is hard. I just, but probably because I have a software mindset, you know, to, to a hammer, everything looks like a nail. I was just like, Oh, software could solve all those things. Like every time Um, they were, they were telling you like, this is another part of farming that is a challenge. Your brain is saying, how can I problem solve and find a solution that's redundant, but yeah. like, you know, some kind of ad- address it somehow. Absolutely. And, you know, I th- some of these farms that I'm talking about, like Lenny from B-Side, Hedda from Full Bloom, um, Zoe from Front Porch, like they know what they're doing. have tried to become a flower farm <laughs> with that kind of skill really uh, <laughs> would have been a steep challenge. But something that I know I can do really well is software engineering and systems problem solving. And so um, I started thinking about, okay, so what kinds of tools and services can I provide that actually make sense to this layer? Um, so in that kind of chunk of time, I took um, volunteering roles and an internship and even uh, some of my first paid flower jobs um, in uh 
flower farming um, with the flower in the bee, um, Brian McRonald's, um, he, he's, he's left, he's retired to Mexico now, but <laughs> uh, he had a really cute flower shop in um, Oakland and Rockridge. And I also even did some flower design. Um, so, so all the way through there. And I just kept hearing this problem of like, we love the local flowers that are here, but it's so hard to access them. I'm mm -hmm. so busy. I would support them more, but I can't. Um, so right with these farm problems around marketing and these florist problems around getting the flowers, it felt like everybody was sharing the same problem, <clears throat> but, um, and everybody's trying to problem solve how to make this happen in different ways, right? We see Shopify pages, Excel spreadsheets, a horrifying number of text messages that go back and forth <laughs> um, to confirm availability and, and orders and all those kinds of things. Um, but, to me, software really provides this unique vantage point to um, take the best solutions that we all have and um, make them accessible at scale. Yeah. And that's so cool because um, software scales in a way that even though it's very expensive to hire a software engineer or a software developer, you can then make it accessible to a lot more people with a lot less labor. And I think, um, you know, in terms of, of how local flowers sits within the global flower industry, if we want to push our market share up, like specialty coffee was able to do. And, you know, they started in the seventies with Edna Knutson and now they're about 55% of the global market share. That's crazy, but we can do that too, mm, wow. <laughs> but we need systems that are scalable um, for people to be able to easily access these things because you, you guys, you, you Devra's listeners, you Devra, you've already built the demand here and we just need to find the right systems to click it all into place. Yeah. And I think it's very exciting. There's more farm services platforms out there. Um, and we're driving innovation in this sector that I think has been a long time overdue. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm thinking about how, um, in just in general, the the green industry has been late to the game, like in garden centers, nurseries, um, kind of uh, that that sort of gardening side of it, and then also in floral and floristry. I was just talking to the um, the executive director of the National Gardening Association. He was on the podcast this week, and you know we were talking about how even in the literally the internet age, a lot of people flower farmers and nursery growers alike were still relying on fax machines and like that sort of adoption of online business environment is sort of uh, kind of more sort of the last group to figure that out. So the timing is, is not <laughs> ironic. I think it's really interesting. And there are other people trying to pursue, like you said, farm service platforms in food and in flowers. So there's many of you trying to, um, bring a solution. Your solution is uniquely to the Bay Area now, and that's sort of where your focus is. You, it sounds like you may want to expand in the future because you've been helping groups in Sacramento and wine country, so larger than just the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're yeah. So we yeah, definitely currently working. Um, I would say Northern California okay. feels like our scope yeah. for now. Um, what a great place right. to be! I mean, there's so much <laughs> happening. <laughs> It's really not a bad place to start in right. California. Right. Yeah, um, most of our, our our national floral production is here. So, also you've got this place. like you've got this somewhat um, ex a, a community of people who are going to accept using a technology solution. Um, yes, more than yep. maybe more other parts technology. Of the and end consumers, particularly around the San Francisco Bay Area, already have a strong emphasis towards sustainability and local. And so um, they're very familiar on a number of fronts about, you know, um, how to they already have these storied products that the the richness of the origin and the way that it was produced and the way that it gets to you, it, they already understand that. Dandelion chocolates or ritual coffee, um, it's pretty easy to plug in flowers there. Oh, that's, for these such, that's such a good point. Like just that consciousness is you don't have to like work quite as hard to right. give a legitimacy to local flowers and sustainably grown flowers. Right. They, they pretty much go, oh, yeah, I never thought about this before, but duh. <laughs> yeah. 
So your um, farms that um, list their inventory with Gather, that's pretty much how one of the ways that this works is that farms uh, sign up or like, tell me a little bit of how that works. Yeah. So um, we, right, with the, with the web platform, um, we are very open. So um, it's marrying that question along with what's what scale are you at now? Yes, right now we're um, onboarding farms individually. I'll pass you a, a link, Deborah, so, so applications for farms can come yeah, in. Yeah, we can share it. Yeah. Um, and we... Um, allow any farm to come and access this platform um, and go ahead and list their availability list and um, post it to our system. Uh, We will start helping farms onboard into this process in May. The systems are set up to be easy to use, but we found that farms don't love onboarding to new software by themselves. <laughs> and we're more than happy, right, to be able to have these connections because we think that, it, personal connections, because that we think that that's such a special part of what's going on in this industry. Um, so uh, for small farms, the service is actually just free. Um, We don't have a subscription fee. And the way that Gather Flora generates income through the website, um, web platform, I should say, there's a lot going on there, is that we take a 5% transaction fee at time of purchase from the florist. So for the florist, what we're offering, right, like Elise was saying, is this incredible easy access to this diverse array of farms, and they can just understand immediately how to pick it up. They've already paid. It saves them time and it saves them money to be able to order in this way. Um, by small farms, what I mean by that, yeah, <laughs> um, we we define that as um, any anywhere listing up to 150 different kinds of products with us. So once you hit uh, over 150 products, then there's a little more storage that, that we're looking at. So then that's a, a $40 a month subscription to be able to handle those fees. Um, And we also provide services for hubs like Sonoma Flower Mart, or in this case, like our own. And we're working um, to to try to build out more hubs for Gather Flora. Currently, our focus is within this region because in order to have uh, florists connecting with this flower availability in a way that's really successful and easy for them. The density of the volume is pretty important. Yeah, you and need so a critical us, mass. It feels easier to build that critical mass yeah. in in our region, little by little. But ultimately, we really want florists, no matter where they are in the country or even worlds, maybe, <laughs> to be able to find their own hubs on Gather Flora and order through the systems there. So what that looks like, um, a lot of us are familiar with um, the web platform for Airbnb, mm-hmm. right? And when you go, you search for the location and in it, it shows you a map of all of those particular areas. And so you're you're looking for the clump of businesses around you that offer availability and, and be able to shop shop from those first. Oh, that's really smart. So there's a, the map pops up and that helps um, kind of at a glance uh, you place yourself in that, in that geography and also start seeing patterns of, oh, these six farms are kind of in the same valley. So that, that's a hub right there, that kind of thing. Yes, that's, yeah, that's helpful. And to, to be clear, like right now we're just focused on our, our like greater Bay area region, but, but, but as we start expanding out, right, those, those map views will be what we're going to be working yeah, on. I mean, I could see that even like going south, like just Santa Cruz, like there would be yes. enough people Absolutely. to justify something there. Um, yes. Wow. Okay. Well, that there's a lot, a lot going on, um, but you have some exciting news and I do want, that's sort of what prompted us to, to talk today because you're right in the middle of launching a physical market that is a gather flora market, right? That's correct. Congratulations, lady. <laughs> I heard about this. I was so excited. So I want you to well, let's tell everyone about it and let them know how they can get involved. Yeah, well, so this is another parallel between Lisa and I. So she's she's doing her first uh, market day today. My first market day is going to be tomorrow. <laughs> so and, fri- Fridays. Um, 
Yep. So, so we're starting on Fridays in the San Francisco Flower Mart. As soon as possible, we'll be also opening on Tuesdays. Um, those are the big market days, at least during this pandemic time, <laughs> for the San Francisco Flower Mart. So um, we are so excited to be offering this, this outlet. Um, so to kind of echo back to how it works with the system, right? When Elise selected fulfillment, she confirmed fulfillment at the San Francisco Flower Mart. So just like if you were ordering um, on a web platform like, um, let's just make it easy, Amazon, everybody's ordered with, right? So when you're checking out, you confirm your fulfillment options, the same kind of thing. There could be multiple for you. So if you're in Sonoma, and there's an option to pick up at the Bees and Blooms Cooler in Sonoma, then that would be an amazing thing for you to do instead of having to drive to the San Francisco flower market. And we totally encourage you keeping that local hub. Um, But the San Francisco flower market has 4,000 florists registered with it. And we find people driving there from Mendocino and Arcata and Nevada City and Grass Valley and, um, Big Sur. <laughs> it's like, just like some people get up and drive two hours to beat the yes, traffic, right? Yeah. Not uncommon. Not yeah. uncommon at all. So, um, you know, and we even find that currently a lot of florists, maybe they don't know about local flowers or maybe they just find this San Francisco flower market more convenient. They, um, instead of sourcing from their local farms, will go to the San Francisco flower market. They, I, they're, so they're thinking about volume and convenience and selection and not having to drive to different yeah. independent farms they, they and being want, able to do the transaction all at once. They want the one-stop shopping, basically. They want the one-stop shopping. And, right, so we offer that on our web platform, but we also know that florists are artists and artists uh, have to use their senses to be able to purchase. And um, Diane from Jello Mold of the Seattle Wholesale Growers Market said something I think so smart, maybe on this podcast, is that she arranges it like an artist supply store. So that'll definitely be our goal to to really allow that sensory experience of the flowers. Um, But it's such an incredible opportunity because the San Francisco flower market, it was founded as a local growers market um, initially, but as generations have aged out and moved away from farming, you have more and more global imports. Uh, and that is probably the main focus of that market at this point. And did you say I think you, not glo- only- you said global imports? Global imports. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, no, I, I, I would, I totally agree. I think that um, there's a few um, kind of leftovers from those first generation farms, but, but and Lupe and yeah, but, Yafagoni, yep. <laughs> but some of them have disappeared because they've they didn't have a generation to pass it on to, or you know, right? Rent got their land became more valuable to build houses on rather than grow flowers. Right. So, yeah, you're kind of coming into it at a time where that presence of a farmer has d- diminished diminished yes. from earlier it's very decades coveted. Yeah. it's very sought after yeah. and so many of the florists that we talked to when when we were exploring this um were just so excited for that connection to farms um and also for the character and the vivacity and uniqueness of the stems that they're able to get um so there's been, um, in, in order to open this market, we've, we've actually done a number of things. We've coordinated with farms since last uh, June, maybe. <laughs> and um, we have also, or I have uh, sold off a, a bit of Gather Flora to be able to raise funds to actually cohere the marketplace. And our last bit of funding was a trust fall into the community. And man, did they come through. We ran a Kickstarter campaign. It actually has a week left, but they funded it already. We'll be putting out some stretch goals of of additional features that we'll be able to add on and make available to them. But um, man, like Max Skill came in and collaborated with us and offered to um, put up a class of his own floral design using our stems and I think that sold out in less than 24 hours. <laughs> I saw that. That is so, what a, I love him. He cares. He's, he's he truly wants, he amazing. wants those juicy resources too. Like he's, he does. This is selfish in a way. So like generous. He wants you to succeed because he wants to design with, with this product. I understand that. So you've actually met the Kickstarter goal. 
Yes, okay. we yeah, we're maybe uh, about a thousand dollars over now. The last time I've checked, <laughs> Hannah, I thought I was going to have you on the podcast to help you out, and now you don't need my help. <laughs> Well, so here's here's some of the things that we'll be doing if um, people, you know, so people are still excited and people are still giving and we can keep doing more things with this Kickstarter campaign. So we'll we'll put through more details and writing so people will be able to take a look. But um, as we build this uh, hub, there's two things that we can do that haven't been a part of our initial funding scale to make it even better. The first thing is to have Gather Flora pre-buy more flowers on the behalf of the florist who want to physically shop the flowers. So we can um, put money down to get these varietals in your hands without you having to pre-commit to something that you haven't physically seen. So that's a really cool way that we can use some of this extra money is, is really go ahead and start getting these flowers in your, your faces um, without the pre-ordering. And the second thing that we can do is um, start putting more money into um, like specialty and quality development programs. So um, really getting a system in place to understand exactly what the vase life of different flowers are, what the best harvest stage is. We've worked with this pretty informally with farms in the past, but um, organizations like the Seattle Wholesale Growers Market have incredible resources that they keep internally, and, and we'll need to build some more of our own as we grow mm -hmm. and keep improving together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So more like um, this research uh, trialing that year, you can kind of crowdsource the intel from your farms, but then also um, create a way to share it with newer farms or florists or, you know, kind of within the gathered flora marketplace. Yeah. And I think it will be a, a collaborative effort, right? Um, yeah. So... That, you know, back Florists to what back to are what always it, chasing a new fix, and to get them the new new next varietal, the new next palette, and pass that information back will also uh, take some communication systems to, that we can put in place. Yeah, and like kind of a, what Elisa alluded to, even with her own customers, it's all about education, and so um, you know that kind of information could benefit a florist like her to share with with people just buying single stems who maybe haven't in, interacted with local flowers. Uh, until they saw her at a coffee shop. So I think it's great that you want to invest in just improving practices and coming up with best practices for farmers and florists. Right, right. I think one of the cool things about having the software background is that the companies, there's plenty that I didn't love about traditional tech. And that's one of the reasons why I started daydreaming about flowers <laughs> instead right. of my tech jobs. Right. But there's a bunch of tools and best practices for how to grow companies and really focus on what the best offering that you can have is. And one of those focuses is on iteration. If you have a hypothesis, do it, do it quickly. If it's not working, tweak it until it's working better, tweak it again until it's working better. And we definitely have that approach with each and every aspect of what Gather Flora is doing. So the San Francisco Flower Mart for us is an answer to the fact that people left the software system, but um, so many of them weren't able to access from our Sonoma hub from last year. And we really needed to have a better answer for distribution to respond to some of the needs that we were really sensing from our customers. And I want to be able to iterate on each and every one of these pieces, whether it's better and better flowers, better value that we can get back to farms, um, a better performing button or mobile interface. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I might be a perfectionist. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we'll keep striving to, to do the best that we can in each of those pieces. Uh, you mentioned that uh, you've been talking with farms about the San Francisco Flower Mart project since last June. Like, But how did that actually come together? Did you approach them or... I mean, no. this is all against the backdrop of the pandemic, too. So I know it's got to <laughs> yes. be insane. Yes. Um, you know, I think with Gather Flora, there's been a, a very much you build it and they will come. And it, it sometimes takes longer <laughs> than we would love to see. But um, the initial conversation that led to this was actually with a wonderful florist named Charlotte Flock of Charlotte Flock Designs in San Francisco. Um man, two years back or so. <laughs> and initially she had suggested it would be very cool if 
Gather Flora could bring flowers into the San Francisco Flower Mart. But um, there just wasn't traction around that idea at that time. And Gather Flora was very new. So we didn't yet have a bunch of farms who were working with our systems or a system that was really uh, more polished and easy to interface with. So it, it just wasn't quite ready at that point. Um, but Sharla wonderfully did not drop the idea. <laughs> and when the pandemic did come through, um, the San Francisco Flower Mart is very smart and understood that there was going to be a shortage coming down the pipeline where local flowers um, would be needed to fulfill these gaps in the global source chain. And in addition to that, businesses in in the flower supply chain were struggling. So um, they did have a challenge filling some of those spaces in a way that I'm not sure they've really faced ever before. Um, and so it is a risky move. I'm opening up at a time when there's still restricted pandemic hours where flowers are really not necessarily um, seeing the types of sales that they are used to seeing, at least in our area. Um, and farms have themselves gone through a lot of disruptions or started moving to direct to consumer more. And so there is a lot of work to starting right now. But um, we know that this is a need that the com community is really excited and passionate about on a number of different levels. Absolutely. And so we were just really pushing for it. So Sharla um, kept at that conversation. We finally got um, an intro from Jeannie, the market manager of San Francisco Flower Mart. And um, we've really loved working with her. She's got an incredible vision for being able to make sure that the flower market is, is doing what it can to be as open to the, the new generation of flower buyers that we're having. People, millennial buyers are looking for uh, easy digital convenience. They're looking to connect to local and they're starting to really recognize the, the fruits of all of the labor that people are putting in to promoting what's great about local and yeah. the sustainability and the community elements of those things. Um, right. So we got to work trying to actually first put together a collective of local farms. And I think it's just so much work and overhead to get those pieces in place. And farms are facing so much right now that it wasn't an additional thing that they could take onto their plate. But um, we know that this is going to be great. And we just stepped on out there and said, okay, so we'll start by having Gather Flora take on this hub. It was actually never an intention to have a physical business of any kind. And um, to be honest, for a software company, it's something that's very hard to introduce uh, to a business model, especially one where I had um, opened up to private investment to taking on funding. Uh, investors in companies like mine usually don't like to see <laughs> physical aspects of the business. They love the scalability of software. And so um, it meant a lot of passionate argument <laughs> about the latent uh, potential of this community. Um, and then, you know, as an aside for me, um, opening up to investors to make this opportunity happen. I, I had not done so for the previous two years. I ran Gather Flora on my sweat and my passion. And it was a very, it still is a very scrappy company. Yeah, you're bootstrapping um, we keep, still. We keep a, a very limited budget and yeah, and, and just try to do what we can with, uh, you know, the, the limited resources that we have. But, um, we knew we needed a little extra to make this all happen. And so we reformed as a public benefit corporation, which we're very excited about. Oh, wow. um, so Gather Floor now has uh, a part of its mission that it is going to be driving sustainability in global trade by creating tools, connections, and resources that will open access to local sustainable supply chains. And so we get to have that core focus as well as just driving revenue like a company is is more traditionally in other ways defined to do. So that that really helped me get open to the idea of making this happen. Wow, Hannah, that's amazing. So tomorrow, which is Friday, April 23rd, is your opening day. And yeah. how how big is the space that Gather Flora is uh, in at, at the market? 
It doesn't have to it be big, just, I know. <laughs> just about 800 square feet. Okay, that's and great. About half of that is a cooler, but yeah, no, we are going to be packing flowers in there as we start hitting, hitting May. Um, and we're so excited to, to get that rolling. Yeah. And then, um, can you say how many farms will have inventory? Like are you're, you're mm. curating mm-hmm. from many farms, right? Yep, that's right. So for the San Francisco flower market, I think we're starting with five right now, but we're working on onboarding two more and we've got applications rolling in. So ultimately, we'll be looking to keep that space um, at a core of 15 farms. So we're recruiting for more farms who will complement the the fit of the inventory that we have there. That said, we're also offering the, the software platform up to farms who are looking to um, sell more to hubs in their own areas. Right, right, too. right. So the farm is in a way it's two pronged now. Um, the farms that you just described can, you know, uh, li- list their inventory and, and be, have orders come through on the website, on the web platform, but their product will also be on the floor for people to shop in person. That, that creative who needs all, all their senses, um, stimulated by, getting excited when they actually see a flower in a bucket, not just on the screen. I mean, that is kind of brilliant the way you're trying to uh, meet people in the way they like to shop with these yeah, two options. Yeah, and I think one of the, yeah, those the magic of that too is the system has um, rollover capabilities. So you can market to your local hub first. If they don't purchase it, you can put it on the gather flora market. If they don't purchase it, maybe you sell to a grocer at a grocer price. And we code our users with those different, um, permissions and price points and whatnot. So that, um, yeah, people can sell to exactly who they want to while still respecting um, supporting florists first in, yeah. in this community. Wow. I, I, I know we're running out of time, but I just want to ask you to clarify one thing that I think I heard you say, and that is the, the, any revenue to gather flora is really coming from the percentage that the florist pays. So you're, yes. is that correct? And so the farmer, there's really no risk to the farmer in, 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 in that regard. Like you've designed it from a f- what benefits farmers point of view as well, right? Yeah, it might come <laughs> maybe a little bit of trying to have been a flower farm myself. Yeah, but, I mean, you're getting, um, you're, getting the, at... <laughs> you're getting the best of both worlds now. You get to play with farmers and use all your other amazing skill sets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely a, kind of a harmony of interest there. Um, no, yeah, so when you look at um, the way that software companies tend to run and structure their business models like Etsy, right? Um, Etsy is a really good parallel for com- companies like this because they are so community and user focused and there's a personal connection to it. Um, they tend to take a very low transaction fee, but do it at volume. And so that is exactly what we're gearing towards. And right now we're starting with a smaller volume, um, but we're building up to hit that kind of larger volume and build these hubs all over California and then all over the country so that we can keep the prices low and that's what software really offers here is to be able to automate these pieces that we're otherwise either just like <laughs> exhausting ourselves going back and forth, adding it onto our own business or having to hire a person on to handle these logistics and our experiences. But there's not usually a person who, who wants this part of the job. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you just alluded, so- you alluded to things like, you know, Squarespace and, and Excel spreadsheets. I mean, that's the kind of options that I that came to mind for me as well. So you're right. Your, Email um, PDFs. We've seen uh, post-it notes, <laughs> physical post-it notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Well, I wish you so much success. I'm so glad we got you in right before your season goes crazy. Er, and um, I, I'm just uh, I'm inspired to see honestly local flowers back at the San Francisco flower and uh, flower market. When I launched Slow Flowers in 2014. We had a, uh, we didn't do, we got rejected by Kickstarter. We did an Indiegogo campaign to, to launch oh, no. slowflowers.com. <laughs> and yeah. uh, weirdly, and um, our, our goal was to raise, I think, $12,000 to, to help fund the start of slowflowers.com, which was like basically using an off the shelf database or um, yeah, database program called eDirectory. We ended up raising uh, 
like 153% of our goal. We got $18,500 and a thousand of it came from the San Francisco flower market supporting the launch of Slow Flowers. Amazing. But that was from past management. And somehow we lost our way with them and they started seeing us as saying just discussion of Slow Flowers or local flowers is somehow um, off-putting to vendors who were importers, which who, to be perfectly honest, had a lot more money. And I was so sad. I was so sad about it. And I don't really know how it happened and why it happened. But I feel encouraged that, you know, whatever the reason, this is the right thing that they should be doing. And they have the right person with you. And I'm just, I'm going to celebrate that and not worry about what went wrong in the past and hope that maybe this can, can reignite uh, their brand and their identity as a hub for local flowers, um, because yeah. it's going to benefit them too. And uh, this is this is a big mutual benefit endeavor, and you're bringing a lot to the table that they need. So I just want to acknowledge uh, what you're doing and what you're doing as like a one woman show. It's crazy, Hannah. So congratulations. I got some people now, finally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one plus a no, few think, vo- <laughs> one plus a few freelancers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and we no, I think your pers- the the persistence of you and this movement have really paid off in um keeping attention focused on local flowers, both adding florists pressure, looking for those local flowers. Um but keeping the conversation going. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Thank you, right back. <laughs> All righty. Well, listen, um, we have gone almost a whole hour, which is what makes this an extended episode, but having Elise was such a treat. I was, thank you for kind of bringing her as my, my bonus uh, guest. And uh, we'll have, like you said, links for people to get more information and some, maybe some screenshots of Gather Flora and, you know, whatever we can cobble together by next week to put in the show notes. And then of course people can follow you and, and just, you know, know how to, how to track you down or check you out at the San Francisco flower market on Fridays, but pretty soon also on Tuesdays. So congratulations. And I just wish you uh, a, a wonderful launch. Thank you, Deborah. Thanks so much for having us. You bet. Thank you so much for joining me today. After we wrapped up, Hannah shared some more details with me that I want to include. You heard her talk about working with the Sonoma Flower Mart in 2020. And now comes news that that business is for sale. Sonoma Flower Mart, an amazing local flower distribution business based in Sonoma County, California, is looking to connect with interested buyers. The Sonoma Flower Mart is an established local flowers business with access to a great network of farms connected through the Gather Flora platform. There's so much community support behind this business. And if you're interested in learning more, check out the link to find more details in today's show notes at deborahprinzing.com. Let's help local flowers flourish in an important hub, California wine country. I'm sending everyone involved my best wishes to see this endeavor continue under new leadership. Our next sponsor thank you goes to Johnny's Selected Seeds, an employee-owned company that provides our industry the best flower, herb, and vegetable seeds, supplied to farms large and small, and even to backyard cutting gardens like mine. Find the full catalog of flower seeds and bulbs at johnnysseeds.com. As you've been hearing over the past few weeks, my new book, Where We Bloom, recently debuted, and the response has been so encouraging. If you'd like to learn more, check out the links to details and ordering information in today's show notes. And if you're in the Seattle area, you're invited to join us at one of two upcoming book signing events. Meet me and my partner in Bloom Imprint, creative director Robin Ovney, and several of the Slow Flowers members whose beautiful studio spaces are featured in the pages of Where We Bloom. On May 1st from 2 to 4 p.m., we will be at Ravenna Gardens at Seattle's University Village Shopping Center, signing books and greeting kindred flower spirits. Farmer florist Lori Poliski of Flory, featured in the pages of Where We Bloom, is bringing flowers from her garden to give away stems while supplies last. 
On May 8th, from 1 to 3 p.m., you can find us at Paper Delights in Burien, just south of Seattle, where we're joining Teresa Rao of Belle Patal, also featured in Where We Bloom, for a book signing and her Mother's Day flower pop-up. We hope to see you there. We'll have our masks on as we respect all COVID social distancing guidelines. But hey, it's spring. It's almost Mother's Day, and we're ready to bloom with you. Our final sponsor thanks goes to Mayesh Wholesale Florist. Family-owned since 1978, Mayesh is the premier wedding and event supplier in the U.S., and we're thrilled to partner with Mayesh to promote local and domestic flowers, which they source from farms large and small around the U.S. Learn more at mayesh.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 720,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of our domestic cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. I value your support and invite you to show your thanks to support Slow Flower's ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at deborahprinzing.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more Slow Flowers on the table, one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging onto iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at soundbodymovement.com. Thank you.